This is Laree Daniel Favors, and welcome to The Hub. McClendon, Vice President of Politics at Crooked Media. She has worked in politics for over a decade and currently serves in this position. And it is home to the popular podcast Pod Save America. In this role, she's led the creation of Vote Save America, which is a voter engagement program that helps create uh, helped create a blue wave of Democratic victories in 2018, 2020, and 2022 midterms and has raised over $54 million directly for candidates, grassroots organizations, voter registration, and voter protection efforts ever since then. Shaniqua McClendon, it is a pleasure to have you here with us today. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for having me, and thank you for such a lovely introduction. Thanks. Voting really matters, and my audience knows I'm, I'm very intense. <laughs> very intense about this right now because there's so much on the line. This idea that there are no off years matters a lot to me. We just had an election uh, here in 2023 in New York City. Yeah. Uh, there were elections in a number of states. And for a lot of people, they they forget that not only do we have the federal elections, we've got midterm elections, but we've got the quote unquote mm -hmm. off year elections. But your organization believes that there are no off years. Talk with us about the broader landscape that you all are seeing as you engage with voters, you engage with candidates and help us to be mindful of the fact that our vote literally shapes what is happening in terms of policy and outcomes in this country. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's interesting. We launched No Off Years in 2021, and it came out of efforts. We initially were really trying to mobilize people around the For the People Act that was going through Congress. And, you know, we all, or maybe people don't know how that ended, but it didn't end well. And we what was the, what, how pretty, did what was the for the people act and why would why are we sad about it not going well yeah uh the for the people act was um a voting rights bill and so this was a bill that was supposed to pass a lot of pro-voter policies and address a lot of the voter suppression that we're seeing around the country in conservative states this would be national pol national federal policy that would supersede um what people were doing in the states and some of that included um you know earlier more investing in early voting, vote by mail, uh, and things that just make it easier to vote, which we know there are a lot of uh, conservative lawmakers who don't like that, particularly because the people it helps are black and brown people, young people in marginalized communities. And we were sad because it didn't pass. You know, Democrats spent a lot of the year trying to get it passed, but ultimately the Senate Democrats needed to eliminate the filibuster and Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema, who at the time, both identified as Democrats, uh, refused to even engage in that conversation. And there was a 50-50 split. So we needed those two uh, senators to make that happen. And so just a lot of, you know, and it passed, these efforts passed the House uh, because Nancy Pelosi knows what she's doing with her caucus. Uh, but, mm. you know, those two senators just didn't allow that to happen. And so we started in 2021, one, raising money to help increase the number of Democrats in the Senate to 52, at least, so that we could uh, see that happen. That unfortunately didn't happen. But something we told our audience is, look, this bill, unfortunately, is not going anywhere. So what can we do in 2021 to start addressing this? And the reality is, there were elections that year that people should have been plugged into, um, you know, in Virginia, uh, there was an election that still, you know, again, didn't go our way, but this year I think things turned out better there. 
But generally, we wanted to address the things that the bill tried to address, but through grassroots organizations. So, you know, if we can't make registering easier, if we can't make early voting easier and voting by mail easier through policy, how can we engage organizations who are doing that work on the ground and who are engaging voters directly to make sure they're not being purged from roles, to make sure they have all the information about changes in laws that wouldn't allow them to, you know, go to the same drop box that they went to in 2020. And, um, you know, it turned out well. That year we raised about a million and a half dollars for organizations doing that work. And that was really important for 2022. A lot of people were pessimistic for Democrats in 2022, but as we saw, there was no red wave. Things actually went better than expected. And while, you know, Democrats did lose the House, it was a very small margin. And I mean, we're seeing the chaos of that small margin in the House right now, but it's also prevented, um, the house from from quite frankly going too crazy and now in 2023 again we are doing those same things there were a lot of important elections this year um in ohio they had a really important ballot measure too actually uh in august republicans put a ballot measure on the ballot ahead of the actual abortion ballot measure trying to make it harder to pass that ballot measure but uh voters rejected an effort to increase the threshold to pass future ballot measures by 60 percent and kept it as a simple majority uh and then in august i'm sorry in november they were able to maintain or pass uh, a ballot measure that enshrined um, protections for abortion in the constitution there uh virginia we saw you know again more outcomes Governor Glenn Youngkin really doubled down on banning abortion in the state. For some reason, he thought that was a good thing to do, and voters did not agree with him and gave, um, you know, Democrats kept control of the Senate, the state Senate, and also were able to flip the House of Delegates. And so now he can't do that. You know, the legislature cannot pass, they won't pass anything that's banning abortion. And so he won't have the opportunity to sign any of that legislation. And so there are really important um, elections all around the state, uh, all around the country. And the last thing I'll say is, a lot of local elections happen at this time. And if we look at back to 2020, at a lot of the local election officials that were the reason, you know, things did get crazy in 2021, obviously January 6th happened. But at the end of 2020, when Trump and his folks were trying to overturn the election through the courts and through other quote unquote legal means, um, there were a lot of local election officials who made sure that they didn't happen. They certified the election results. They did what they were supposed to do because they were in office. Uh, and now we see conservatives actually organizing to get more conservatives in those positions so that in 2024, if Trump loses, they can again try to contest it and have their people in place. So these elections are really important. Federal elections are not the only things that matter. The presidency is not the only thing that matters. And having people in positions up and down the ballot really makes a difference. And coming out during those elections, which often take place yep. on non-presidential years, even some, uh, as I was just saying, some non-midterm years, quote unquote, is extraordinarily important because going back to that legislation that you mentioned, the For the People Act, we if we'd had 60 Democrats in office at that time, we wouldn't have had to even have a conversation about the filibuster. Right. But you have to have, and y'all, this is it's just basic math. It's not it's not caping for any party. It's just it's facts <laughs> and it's math. You need 217 votes to pass legislation in the House. 
It then you need 60 votes to pass legislation in the Senate. At that point, it can then go on to the president who can sign it into law. That is how a bill mm-hmm. becomes a law. I'm just a bill. I am yeah. only right. Y'all remember that song? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I know I'm I aging do. myself, but, you know, come on. So <laughs> it really it. does matter. I, me too. It was a very good use <laughs> of public service dollars, which, again, is a policy <laughs> that we get through voting. So talk with us about this effort to remind people that there are no off years and vote save America. Why is it that we are framing or why is your organization framing America's salvation and tying it to the vote? How does Vote Save America add up for you? Yeah, uh, so we started Vote Save America in 2018. Uh, Trump was president. People were very frustrated, uh, but didn't necessarily know how to appropriately engage to have the impact that they wanted to have. And so to us, voting is very, very important. And I just want to pause here and say, we do not think voting is the only way um, that you can or should engage. There's a lot of other things. And something I tell people all the time is after you vote these people in office, you got to hold them accountable, show up to these city council meetings, show up to these school board meetings. They need to make sure uh, you need to make sure that they hear you and know what you want, because if you only show up when it's time to vote, that's the only time they're going to come around and and talk to you. They need to be listening to you when they're in the governing process. But we, again, think voting is a really, really important tool. It literally determines who is going to be in those offices representing you. And as as bad as this is, and, you know, elected officials should represent everyone that they represent, not just the people who voted for them. That is not where we are right now. And you look at someone like Donald Trump, you look at a lot of these conservatives, and it's an interesting contrast between someone like President Biden and Donald Trump, where President Biden always talks about representing everyone, even the people who did not vote for him, because they matter and they are Americans. That is not the case for Donald Trump. It's always kind Mm -hmm. of a war with his side and the other side. And so it's really important that in this climate, your voice is being registered with the people who are in office. And one uh, one other thing I will add, and you know, not I hope this doesn't sound like I'm finger wagging, but as we look at some of the frustration that people have right now and around Biden and not wanting him, you know, to to run again and all of those things, I often go back to the primary of t- the 2020 Democratic primary, and something I think about a lot is. Did people vote in those primaries? Because Joe Biden is president (laughs) because he made it through the primary and people who wanted to vote for him showed up and voted for him. And I did not see, you know, a lot of the people I asked that question to, like, what did you do in the primary? It's kind of crickets. And so you have to organize uh, the supporters of the person you support and do what you can to get those folks elected. And then they make it to the general. And then, you know, hopefully everyone on, on that side comes around them. But Voting is important and it's not just in the general election, like votes matter. And if you want to see the person who mostly aligns with you, there were over 20 candidates running in 2019 and 2020. So, you know, and in a a perfect world, everyone, you know, in a perfect world, incumbency wouldn't be a thing and we could always have rigorous competitive primaries, but that's just not how it works. And so the way I, actually see it as unfortunately it's kind of an eight-year span if if the person mm-hmm. that you wanted didn't make it out of the primary and they actually won the general election they're going to be the front runner we could have 20 people right, right now look at the right. look at the republican side there's a bunch of them running the you know he's not an incumbent in the sense that he's in office now but he is the former president and so he's running ahead of the pack and he doesn't even go to the debates 
<laughs> right. And and again, we had Julian Castro. Uh, we had mm-hmm. uh, now Vice President Kamala Harris, could have been president, uh, might yeah. still be president, um, knock on wood. Uh, we had Elizabeth Warren. Uh, there were a number mm-hmm. of people who yeah. had great platforms, some of whom, I remember Julian Castro, uh, His he had a, a pro-black platform. It wasn't just yeah. like a racial, <laughs> it wasn't just like a justice for all. He was like naming things yeah. that were going to specifically impact black people. Elizabeth Warren is problematic as she has ended up being in some ways for, for a lot of people. She had a racial justice component to every mm-hmm. policy that she was talking about and wasn't afraid to yeah. talk about racial justice. Now, I know yeah. people feel a way because of other things, right. but the reality yes. is there were options. And when people didn't mm-hmm. come out to those primaries, or I should say this, when old black people did come out to the primaries, did come out. Like, mm-hmm. they did come out because of one thing I like yeah. to tell people is, listen, old people vote. I was asked on, uh, on Hot 97 a couple like a year and a half ago, like, who is the demographic that votes the most? And my answer was like instantaneous. Oh, old people. Old yeah. people going to vote. And as our yeah. guest, Isaiah Fenichel, who's the voting rights coordinator at the Center for Law and Social Justice at McGarver's College, said yesterday, if an 80-year-old person is voting and life happens the way we anticipated happening, that 80-year-old person is going to vote for policies that the 18-year-old is going to live with largely yeah. for the rest of their life. And the 80-year-old is going yeah. to be here, be blessed, maybe another decade, yeah. maybe another 15 <laughs> years if they're lucky in, in this country not so much so you know the people who do vote set the table for the rest of us and we can we can be mad about it we can be upset about it but you know this is what it is to integrate into a system that operates in this way so we, we there were options Absolutely. and the options we have today because we are all historical products shout out to dr crystal strong who introduced me to that <laughs> phrase we are all historical products who we are today and the realities that we're mm-hmm. grappling with today are the result of the choices yes. and decisions made by people before us some exactly. of those people didn't even know who we were and yet this mm-hmm. is how community works in the society so I, I like to mind people we we got what we got right now because the decisions people made back then and some yep. of y'all didn't decide in a way that was going to further your interests right now so so there's that so so what are we to do we're at a time right now people are you know talking about joe biden is too old and and i always say he's only too old because she's too black because you know like there's a lot of people <laughs> who don't really want her to be president we get it we understand what's not being said those are my words not yours uh but mm-hmm. we're in a moment right now where there's a lot of frustration with the current foreign policy you've got people who feel as though uh their current demands for things like a ceasefire and international affairs are not being heard and repl- replicated by their or, or advanced uh, by their elected mm-hmm. officials and and it's creating a lot of Apathy. I talked a couple of days ago about the fact that you have entire populations right now who are saying I am personally vested and tied to some of these international affairs and I am not going to vote for Joe Biden. And so there's a mm-hmm. question right now of a lot of uncertainty there. I will just say Joe Biden was not my top choice. I was very upset with the elders in South Carolina who decided that this was who we going to vote for. He was not even on my list of options. He, he was like, if my mm-hmm. options were here, he was over there. And so, <laughs> you know, but that I had to, you know, I had to woman up. And, and dig mm-hmm. into some ovarian fortitude and just vote in the way that was going to further uh, my interests. Yeah. And that meant Joe Biden and not Donald Trump. And and so there is a lot of concern about apathy within the base for the Democrats right now. What should we be doing in terms of conversation? How should we be approaching what should have been a banner year for Democrats. They've got massive mm-hmm. wins that they can talk about. They've yeah. got legislation that they have been successfully been able to implement. And yet there's all of this discontent within the electorate. How should voting rights organizers, people who are concerned about getting out the vote, how should we be responding in this moment? Yeah, um, we've been thinking a lot about that uh, at Vote Save America. And look, we get that people, I mean, 
people aren't excited about either candidate. Um, yeah. You know, I mentioned Joe Biden, but generally people are not excited about either candidate and have to, having to repeat uh, the election of 2020. But I think the thing that we need to focus on are the policies, uh, the impact and the outcomes, because those are stark differences amongst those candidates. And we need to look at that up and down the ballot. You know, we get so fixated on the presidential. And again, there are candidates in state legislatures. There is our Senate and our House and there are city council members. I mean, you look at these school board races. And if you focus on not the candidates, which I just see as kind of a means to get to the things that we want, and you mm -hmm. focus on what, you know, the impact of their policies will do, that I think will bring things um, to focus for people. And something else that, you know, I think people talk about this, but Trump has not really been in the limelight the way that he was from 2016 through the end of his presidency um, right. at the beginning of 2021. And now he's starting to talk again. And I think people are eventually going to start remembering who he is. One, he cannot help himself. Eventually, he's going to start spewing a lot of racism. He's going to start saying all of this crazy stuff. But on a policy front, he's already it's I mean, we're not even in 2024. And he's already talking about repealing the Affordable Care Act. Right. That was something that hurt him tremendously last time. But he cannot help himself. He, he mm. just he literally can't. And so I think when you start thinking about seniors, when you start thinking about low income people, when you think about all of these people who have been able to access health care because of the Affordable Care Act, that is a tangible benefit that they have had now for some time, which is why Republicans were trying to repeal it before it took effect. And that is that is a policy, a clear policy distinction between both of them. And I think it's also a clear policy distinction with the people that we have um, running for Senate and for the House, who will ultimately mm. be the people who vote whether or not to uh, repeal this. But Republicans know that this is bad for them. They also know abortion is bad, um, an issue that's not helping them. Again, if you look at the outcomes, those are two clear distinctions up and down the ballot. It's not just Joe Biden and Donald Trump. So right. focusing on those things, I think will make a huge difference. And I don't want to dismiss people's feelings, you know, about the candidates that we have. Um, unfortunately, it's not really in our control who decides to run for president. Joe Biden has decided to run for president and there's nothing we can do to, you know, he's heard all of this. He's seen the pundits. He's seen, you know, David Axelrod, who's someone who's really prominent in the Democratic Party. He's there's no way he hasn't heard or seen all of this. If that mm -hmm. has not impacted his decision to run, um, I, I don't think there's much more we can do in that vein. And if no one else from 2019 is stepping, well, I guess, except Marion Williamson, if no one else is stepping up to run against him, we got to work with what we have. And I know that's right. not exciting. And I know people want to be really excited, but we have to we have to keep pushing to get to that exciting candidate. And what I will say is people have pushed. Now we've pushed and Joe Biden, I shouldn't say we, people have pushed and Joe Biden is still running, but people have also pushed and he's passed a lot of progressive policies. That's and right. I, I just hope that people, you know, I get that policy, politics brings out a lot of feelings in people, but I am someone who's pretty practical and I just try to be clear eyed about these things. And I'm actually happy with a lot of the policies that this administration has advanced. Yeah. And I yeah. also recognize that a lot of what they haven't been able to do has been because of the, the Congress that we have. And so, again, that's why all of these things work together uh, to, to advance these policies. And 
again, Joe Biden has been pushed to the left and it's much better to have someone in office who you can push because they listen to you versus someone who is not going to listen to you and is going to do all the crazy stuff they want to do anyway. I'm reminded that Dr. Greg Carr from Howard University, uh, not from Howard University, he is one of the the leading amazing scholars at Howard University uh, in the Africana Studies Department, and he also teaches at the law school. One of the things that he said that always stuck with me is that you got you need to vote so that you're choosing your best opponent, or your your. Mm-hmm. And by that, he didn't mean someone that yeah. you're going to attack, but he meant basically who who is malleable, who is someone you can yeah. pressure, who is someone who will listen to you, as opposed to someone who is just going to stone cold ignore you and run roughshod all over your rights, your privileges, your beliefs, everything. And, and I mm-hmm. think that's so important because, again, we are not voting for lovers. We're voting for people right. who get to decide policy. And I will say this, even though Joe Biden was not on my list of things to get to, to be in terms of, of, of presidential candidates, I agree. There have been a lot of pieces of legislation that were passed that have been very good, that were progressive. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I, have, I will say is whether it's intentional or not, we have seen examples where this administration has sort of tossed out a position, almost like a trial balloon. Yep. And then the progressive community was like, no, down. absolutely the F not. Yeah. We are not doing that and then they will back up and they respond so that is Mm -hmm. not happening under a donald trump it's not happening if someone like a mega mike johnson is in the position or someone who has the same belief structure that he does is in a position of leadership at the presidency so it is very important Mm -hmm. but shaniqua mcclendon uh vp of politics at crooked media you said something earlier that i want to come back to you said that you see the candidates as a means of getting what we want and I will say mm-hmm. things like, as like I just said, you're not voting for a lover. But I like the way that you frame that. When you, what do you mean? Tease that out for us. A candidate is someone that you see simply as a means for getting what it is that you want. Yeah, I think it's what we were just talking about. You know, you have Donald Trump, you have Joe Biden in 2020. And when I look at them, I, I, and something I'll add here is people need to be clear about what they value and stop, you know, fanning over these people. And so if you are really clear on the things that you want to see in this country and in this world, that's your North Star. And my Mm -hmm. North Star, when I look at both of those candidates, Joe Biden's going to get me closer to that. And so that's who I'm going to vote for. And so when I say there are means, again, not only is it who's aligned with me more closely in that moment but it's who can I push on these things. And Mm. he is someone that can be pushed on these things. And so I see him as a better channel to go through than someone who not only is not going to do the things that I want, but gets energy off of opposing me. That is not someone that I want to be in, in power. I like how you framed that. They, when they are invigorated by oppo- oppressing you, when your candidate mm-hmm. or, or when the person in office gets their jollies off, I think that's a phrase we used yeah. to use when I was a little kid. <laughs> like when, they, <laughs> when they get excited, when they are, when their yeah. base is hyped up on your oppression, that's not the person mm-hmm. you want in leadership because there's no moving them. Yeah. You can't converse with them. No. You can't persuade them. You can't uh, lure them. You can't appease them. You can't do anything to get them to move in your direction because everything they do to harm you makes them feel better about who they are and what it is that they're advocating for so i think that's Mm -hmm. a really great way to look at it and i I appreciate that Uh, so your organization is doing a lot to highlight these issues and 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 i'm Mm -hmm. grateful because right now i feel like it's an all hands on deck kind of situation uh we got celebrities who are being looked to we got everybody is is talking about who can we get to carry the water And, and i actually believe it's us 
It's it's the it's yeah. the person to person conversation. I, when I'm not on these airwaves, I run a law center at the Center for Law and Social Justice at Megarvis College. And one of the things that we have recently begun doing, or one of the things that we're continuing to do, is having conversations with different funders and different uh, folks mm-hmm. who are thinking about you know strategic partnerships. And we had someone uh, who was basically saying, you know. How come you guys aren't more online in terms of your digital work? How come you're not doing a lot more digital outreach to motivate voters? And it's like, yeah, we did that. But what our internal data has shown us and what the data around the demographic that we serve has shown us is that you can have as many ads as you want. You can have Mm -hmm. as many banners on websites as you want. You can do as much online engagement as you can. And you'll get likes, you'll get clicks, you'll get shares, you'll get follows. You don't necessarily turn people into voters. And for the demographic that we serve, it's the person-to-person conversation, which is Mm -hmm. why everybody who is listening to us right now has the capacity to move the needle. And I think it's so important that we frame it that way uh, so that people are clear about their potential and their power as well. Uh, How can we follow Crooked Media? How can people learn more from Vote Save America uh, and engage even more fully? Because I I heard someone say yesterday on Karen Hunter's show, Rachel Bittacoffer uh, said on uh, Karen Hunter's show yesterday that we need December to rest. You need to rest, yes. you need to recover, <laughs> because come 2024, honey, we're going to have to hit the ground running. What does that look Absolutely. like for us? How can we follow, how can your organization help us to hit the ground running, and what should we do to engage with you further? Yeah, so something that is central to Vote Save America is working with gra- local grassroots organizations. Many of them are uh, led by Black and brown people. <laughs> and the reason we do that is because we know that black and brown people and marginalized communities stand to benefit the most when government is working well. And so we deploy, you know, we raise a lot of money, we deploy our volunteers and we send them to those organizations. And then those organizations do what they see fit. So for some, you know, for groups that are trying to reach young people, then it very much makes sense for them to be online. But groups who are trying to reach older communities or communities or, you know, native communities that might not have the internet access necessary for that, they are going on the ground. Um, There's a group in Arizona that we work with, Northeast Native Dems, and they were organizing five, excuse me, four four tribes in, in Arizona and something they told us that just stood out to me was this is 2020 so we're pushing vote by mail really hard we don't have physical addresses on the reservation and so right. we need to be organizing to make sure that people can safely get to the polls and so we always just again take our um take our leadership from the people on the ground who tell us what's best mm-hmm. um so i say all that to say if you want to have a tremendous impact join us at vote save america uh, you can go to votesaveamerica.com Admittedly, we are, you know, 2023 elections have passed and we're preparing for 2024. So, you know, you can just sign up with your email. The website is kind of basic right now. But if you sign up with your email, when we relaunch things in January, you will be plugged into the most impactful things you can do with your time, with your money and with your attention. Um, A lot of our content focuses on these issues as well. Uh, But as you said, we are the people who are going to make the difference and they're not sitting out on the other side. And so Mm. we can let them charge, you know, full speed ahead with no opposition or we can stand in their way. Wow. I appreciate that. I appreciate you, Shanika McClendon, Vice President of Politics at Crooked Media. Really grateful to have you on. I hope we can get you to come back, particularly as we head into 2024, because since we got work to do, and I know your organization is trying to do it. My organization is trying to do it. This entire radio Mm -hmm. channel is trying to do it. And I believe that we can win. And by we winning, I mean we can create an environment where electorally we have more people in positions to help us get what it is that we want. We got to redefine winning that way. Yeah. 
yeah, that, that come on, y'all. We can do this. We're smart. We literally created yeah. math and science. <laughs> Shaniqua, thank you so much for being here. One more time, give us the website and how people can follow you. Yeah, uh, votesaveamerica.com or across any social platforms, just Vote Save America. Really appreciate you being here with us. Thank you so much. 